Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang, I do hope you're well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. But let's crack on with today's first story, which comes from Fresh Tower 8803 and it's titled, Am I the A-hole for forcing my daughter to share a birthday celebration with her twin brother? I have two kids, Paige, 14 female, and Dylan, 14 male. As twins, most years they've wanted to have joint birthday celebrations, but there have been a couple of years where they've decided to have separate parties with different friend groups or at different locations. They tell me a few weeks before their birthday in May, which thing they want to do that year. So this year, Paige told me that she and Dylan had decided they wanted to have their own parties and she and her friends had already picked the whole theme and the activities they wanted to do. I approved Paige's plan and then a day or so later, I asked Dylan what he wanted to do for his birthday party. At this point, I learned that Dylan and Paige had not mutually decided that they were having separate celebrations this year and me asking Dylan about it was the first he was hearing that he was expected to have his own party. His feelings were very hurt that Paige had cut him out without so much as talking to him about it. So, I spoke with Paige and she admitted that she and her friends had decided on their own to exclude Dylan because they felt that a boy would wreck the activities they had planned. I told Paige that it wasn't okay for her to treat her brother that way and that the party I'd originally agreed to was now cancelled and that I'd expect her and Dylan to plan a joint birthday celebration with activities that all of their friends could enjoy. Dylan is much happier with this arrangement, but Paige is angry and keeps saying that I ruined her party. I'm worried that I might have made a misstep because normally I try very hard to treat my kids as individuals and and not just as a pair of twins. And I'm worried that forcing Paige to share her birthday celebration with Dylan might send the wrong message on that front. So am I the a-hole? And we're going to start straight in the comments with Poe Adam who says you're the a-hole. I think having a mutual party should only happen if both kids want to do it. I can understand telling Paige that it was rude of her not to talk to her brother and give him a heads up as she wanted her own party and asking her to apologize, but forcing her to have a joint party is going too far. Pepper replies that and says Paige should not be expected to check in with her brother about her birthday party. Did Dylan check in with Paige? Did Dylan plan anything? Sounds like the OP is putting all the pressure on Paige, including expecting Paige to share her friends and include her brother. That's completely unfair on every single level. Mother Tradition says, not the a-hole. The year the a-hole votes are overlooking two key facts. The first is you've always given your kids the choice between having a joint party or having individual ones. You don't force them to have joint parties. The second is that Paige lied to you. She must have known that Dylan wanted a joint party and instead of working it out with him or even asking you to mediate the disagreement, she lied to you to get what she wanted. That's not okay. If you let her have an individual party, you'll be teaching her that she can lie and disregard the feelings of others to get her way. Raid says everyone sucks here except Dylan. Paige could have had a conversation with her brother about this, but teenage boys and teenage girls like very different things. Doing a combined birthday party is silly at this point. 
You say you want to treat them as individuals, but a combined birthday is treating them as twins and nothing more. They will likely both be happier doing their own things for their birthday. Dylan just didn't piece it together as quickly as Paige did. Cranky wife says you're the a-hole. The girl planned a party for herself and her friends. The boy failed to do so. Now the girl is forced to put together another party to accommodate the boy. And this is where girls learn that the world, even their mum, expects them to carry the emotional labor. Cole Sanders says, as a twin myself, you're the a-hole and I don't understand why you're asking. You said that you try not to treat them as a package deal, but your daughter didn't want to do things with her friends and her brother. Now you are making her. How do you not see that you're in the wrong? Opie then edits the post and says, I've already realized that making Paige and Dylan share a birthday celebration is an unreasonable punishment for various reasons and won't be doing so. You all can calm down now. Sheesh. (laughs) So Opie updates the post and they said, I've had several DMs asking how the situation turned out and if I apologize to Paige, so I figured I'd just make an update. So I talked with both Paige and Dylan over the weekend and told them that I wouldn't make them share their birthday party. I told Paige I realized that forcing her to share a party with Dylan was an unfair punishment because I knew it was more important to her to treat her like an individual and not like one half of a matching set. I apologized for forgetting that and told her I wouldn't let it happen again. Paige asked if that meant that she could still have the birthday party and that she and her friends had planned. I told her that I wasn't sure because I still wasn't happy with her lying to me in the first place. Paige said that she was more upset about having to tell her friends that her party was cancelled than about having to share a party with Dylan and that she didn't really get why I was apologizing for that instead. I asked Paige what she thought a more appropriate consequence for lying was instead of having her party cancelled and she suggested getting grounded. So that's what we're going with. Lastly, I told Paige that since I know she and Dylan are getting older now, I just assume going forward that they want to have separate parties every year. Paige said that she only did this year because her friends decided they didn't want any boys. I told her that was fine and I guess we'll just talk about it again next year. And then I told Dylan that I was letting Paige have her all-girls party with her friends and I realized I shouldn't have used sharing a birthday party with him as a punishment because that wasn't fair to either of them. Dylan said it was okay and that if he was having a solo party after all, he knew what he wanted to do for it. I also told Dylan that since he and Paige are getting older now, I'd start assuming that they want separate parties unless they tell me otherwise. Dylan said he guessed that made sense. So that's pretty much it. Dylan and Paige are each having their own party and at some point they talked it out between themselves as far as Dylan's feelings being hurt that Paige hadn't talked to him about what she wanted to do this year. I wasn't involved in the conversation but they've been friends again since it happened. Hot Plum said after that one they said I'm glad it worked out but I think you need to think about why she lied. Does she feel that you always favor Dylan? Opie said no. The why behind Paige lying really wasn't that deeply motivated. She wasn't afraid that Dylan would be favored over her or that she wouldn't get what she wanted unless she lied. She just skipped talking to him about birthday plans for normal teenager reasons but then lied about it because she felt bad afterwards. But now I'm going to turn this one to you guys. What do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Let's move on to another story. Now we've got a fairly short one from the Today I Messed Up subreddit from Flat Mix. Does come with an update as well. Titled Today I Messed Up by Not Realizing How Much My Stepmom Loves Me. I'm 16 male. And my real mother died when I was seven. My dad, 41 male, remarried to my stepmom, Alexis, 43 female, when I was 10. Alexis always tried her best, but I never appreciated her. 
I always just wanted my mum back and never even tried to see how much Alexis did for me. She makes my dad extremely happy. Whenever I see him with her, I can tell he is really happy. It made me feel like he didn't truly love mum. Alexis always tried her hardest for us, always being there to help me with homework, make me feel better. Hell, even make me a sandwich when I got hungry. But I never tried to see that. She was always doing it because she loved me. Yesterday was my birthday and she left me a note in my room. It read how much she loves me and sees me like her own son. It made me cry and realize how much Alexis truly loves me. Now I feel awful and want to apologize to her and make things better. I'm really sorry, mum. I love you. And there was a lot of lovely comments on this one, talking to OP, saying she's not trying to replace your mum. She's just trying to give you what you need to grow up, etc., etc. And people saying, go and give her a hug and tell her your feelings, communicate with her. Other people saying, you know, it's never too late to talk. But OP did come back in with an update and says, so hello again, Redditors. I wanted to first say thank you for all the support. I was honestly never even expecting my original post to get more than maybe a few responses. So thank you for all the advice and now on to the main story. I got home about an hour ago and Alexis was in the kitchen making supper. I went up and hugged her from behind. She seemed surprised and asked me what was going on. I told her I was sorry for the way I acted for all those years before. I only really managed to get out the I'm sorry part before I became too emotional and started crying. She turned around and hugged me and asked if everything was okay. I couldn't say anything without crying, so I just took out my phone and went to my post and showed her. She read it and was silent before also starting to sob and then just broke into an ugly cry. We hugged for about 10 minutes while crying and she told me she loves me and always will. She then got out some ice cream and we talked about our days. We made a plan to go see a movie this weekend and so now are sitting on the couch together typing this. Alexis also wanted to say some things so she will be typing here for a second. She says, Hi everybody, thank you for helping my stepson. It really means a lot that you all poured out so much sympathy and personal stories. Hope every one of you have a great day. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hope he continues. Anyway, it's me again, and I hope you all have a great day. And once again, thank you for all your support. 
Me and Alexis are going to watch a movie now and cuddle on the couch. I love my new mum. I don't think there's much to say about that apart from those bloody onion ninjas sneaking around all over the place again. Oh God, setting me off. <laughs> what do you guys make of this lovely little situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below and let's look out for another story. And our next story is titled, I feel like having a baby was a huge mistake. I'm her father. And no, I didn't have to push out the baby or carry her for nine months, but I don't think I've ever been more sad, exhausted, or depressed over a decision my whole life. Prior to the baby, I had lots of hobbies, traveled the world, had a thriving, loving relationship with my wife and more. I built things, flew drones, worked on cars, and loved my Wall Street job. But it all feels like that's gone. I have a nine-week-old, and it has been rough. Nobody can really explain how demanding and exhausting and selfless you have to be to raise a child. I'm just grabbing at any moments of peace and when she sleeps, I just want to stay up and have a chance to be me. I'm so tired that I can't even enjoy those moments. I find myself wanting to pack up and just disappear. I find myself not even wanting to wake up because I know what the day requires. When does it get better? When will I get seven to nine hours straight of sleep every night again? When will I get the chance to live again? I don't get time with my wife. Love is non-existent. I don't get to travel or do any hobbies I had. I work 9-10 to 10 hours a day and I'm exhausted even before the day starts. I feel so guilty because she's beautiful and it isn't her fault, but if I could go back and undo this decision, I would. I know not all experiences are the same, but I'm hoping someone has a positive word or a glimmer of hope for me. I hope... I didn't ruin my life. An honest write-up from a first-time dad. And a lot of the comments, this was from two years ago, this post, because OP's just updating it recently. But a lot of the comments were from more recently asking, does it get better? A lot of people trying to relate with it and saying, does it actually get better? So OP comes in two years later from their original post and says, hello everyone and happy Friday. I wasn't going to write this update as it's been so long, but... I realize that we are a community and part of the power in the community is in normalizing the experience that we sometimes feel we go through alone. You are not alone and feel free to ask me any questions about my journey below. I do my best to respond to everyone. If you haven't read my first post, in summary, I was feeling lost, sad, depressed, resentful, exhausted, emotional, overwhelmed, scared and questioning if I ruined my whole life in what was supposed to be a joyous experience. So now that you survived my introduction, here's my two-year update. What does life feel like at this point? I could tell you what life is, but that's not how we connect as humans. We connect and function based on feelings and our perceptions. So with that being said, my heart has never been more full. My purpose has never been more clear and all life has never felt the same. I'm not sure I'd ever wanted to go back to the perfect life I had before my little girl. She's about to turn two and every morning I look forward to my daddy 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 as she runs into my home office after she wakes up i look forward to my big goodnight hug and goodnight daddy before she goes into bed her love absolutely obliterates the shadows cast from a bad day at work and chasing her on the playground at the park has become one of her favorite pastimes when did it get better for you it gets better in stages but i'm still not sure how much of that is because things actually get much easier or if there's a natural evolution we go through as first-time parents I remember feeling absolutely exhausted and without any time. Today, I get full nights of sleep usually. I have a few pockets to myself here and there, 
and while I don't get to sleep in late, stay up all night clubbing, or some of the more adolescent things I used to enjoy, I am enjoying life again. Four months. First smiles were nice, but still not enough to change the quality of life. Ten months. She started eating food, making lots of funny faces, and developed a fondness for me even though I wasn't fond of her. Those long nights were few and far between, and while I didn't have free time, I had sleep. And we all know sleep is extremely, insert curse word here, important after the initial exhaustion in the earlier stages. 13 months. A mobile baby is a whole new challenge, and putting on the baby shows wasn't enough to keep her happy. It is, again, a shift where baby-proofing becomes a huge deal, and you also look around and realize your space has been taken over by the baby. Baby stuff was everywhere. I was much less depressed, but ready to go back to normal life. Hint, it never happens. 16 months. The baby makes huge growth leaps in this time. Playtime becomes much more fun, and suddenly you can start doing things like slightly longer car rides to your favorite food places, etc. I realized half my beard had started graying, but oh well, it is what it is. 20 months. Words or babble, and more babble and more words. This is a fun stage where exploration becomes a joint exercise. You find yourself enjoying, rediscovering things you had forgotten were so amazing. Swings and parks and baby-appropriate bounce houses are commonplace. You also look up and realize that you survived the infant stage and are now dealing with a full-blown funny toddler. They are weird. They're emotional. They're fun. They are loving. And they trust you to the edges of the universe and back. This was one of my favorite time periods so far. Emotionally, I realized I was no longer sad. I had a kid, and I found that being gone from her too long made me sad. <laughs> you start to feel like a real parent here. 22 months. I love my little one so much. I love her so much that I want another. What is wrong with me? The period you hate goes by quickly, and you just hold on and keep your head down. I'm back to most of my favorite things, albeit with less time to enjoy. I love music, for instance, so I purchase a headphone amplifier and a 300 pair of headphones so I can enjoy while I work. I have several toys I play with occasionally, but more than anything, I feel whole. It gets better. It gets better. And now I can't believe I'm ready to have another. Those of you in this community that helped me were a godsend. I'm happy to be here, and anyone can always reach out if they have questions or just need encouragement. I just wanted to cover one comment below this post that I just found interesting. It's from Celtics who says, I sent my husband this post last year when I was pregnant. He references it all the time. I think it made us both feel better in those first six weeks when we couldn't sleep and felt like we regretted every decision we've ever made. Nine months later, everything is so different. It really is a whole new experience every couple of months. We can't wait for her to get older, but I can almost look back on the first six weeks with a sense of nostalgia. She'd never be that tiny terror ever again, and I almost miss it. And I just really love that Opie shared their experiences with everyone, you know, being a first-time dad and initially regretting it and then and then coming through and just the amount of changes, the amount of emotion, the amount of the amount of chaos it brings to your life. Because it's like like these comments are saying, like it changes every couple of months. You're sleep deprived, you're not doing anything you love, but then things start to change and and all this kind of thing. I just, I find it absolutely fascinating. But what do you guys make of this one? Maybe you have your own experiences and you can let people know down in the comments as well. Let us know your thoughts down in the comments and let's move on to another story. 
And for our final story, we're going to the MIVAHOLE subreddit. This one doesn't have an update on the end from OKCartographer7439 okay and says, Am I the a-hole for not allowing alcohol at my wedding and not telling people why? I, 28 female, am marrying my fiancé James, 25 male, in September. We sent the invites out in January and made no mention of the fact that we won't be serving alcohol at the wedding. But we won't. We will only be serving non-alcoholic options and there won't be any available for people to buy at the bar. I'm a recovering alcoholic, sober four years, seven months, but if I'm out socially and a discussion about having alcohol comes up, I always lie and tell people I'm seriously intolerant to alcohol and it makes me very sick. I just don't want people to know about my sobriety. It's none of their business. Only my best friends and immediate family know, and my fiance, obviously. James's birthday was in early April and we rented out a room above a pub. Yep, big fun for the recovering alcoholic, as you can imagine, to celebrate. Convos about our wedding came up and I don't remember exactly how I ended up talking to a group of not-so-close friends, more James's friends and my acquaintances about the wedding. I said it was going to be an alcoholic-free wedding and they were pretty incredulous, especially as James's birthday was not alcohol-free. They asked why and I said I wasn't giving a reason, there's just no alcohol. They asked if I was pregnant. I said no, I just don't want alcohol at my wedding. I was called a buzzkill and told that people go to weddings to drink and that it's polite to put money behind the bar for your guests, particularly if they are evening guests. It ended up in this big debate about drinking at weddings. One of our much closer friends joined the convo and asked why I didn't just tell them or why I didn't drink. I said it was none of their business, pretty rudely to be honest, but I was getting pissed off at this point. One of James's friends said, being honest about it was the least I could do it was wrong of me to not, not at least explain myself. One of them also made a fairly unpleasant joke at my expense, basically suggesting I'm the ball and chain now for James. I took myself out of the conversation because I was upset, but I still don't think I owe anyone an explanation, despite what they say. Am I the a-hole? And we'll start off with Wild Ad, who says the title is misleading. You would in fact not be the arsehole for not giving reasons as to why you won't be serving alcohol, but you are the arsehole for not informing your guests that there will be no alcohol. If you live in a country where weddings and people usually drink, then people reasonably expect there to be alcohol and should be informed otherwise. Mothman says, I do not think you're the arsehole for not having alcohol and I don't think you're the arsehole for not explaining why, but I do think you're the arsehole for not telling people a fairly ubiquitous marriage tradition wasn't going to be included up front. So I guess everyone sucks here? They shouldn't be giving you trouble about it, but you should have mentioned it sooner. Christina says not the a-hole in theory at this point. The people invited to your, your wedding ought to know you well enough to at least suspect that there won't be alcohol served, so it shouldn't be a shock. And while it's somewhat expected, I guess, alcohol certainly isn't a requirement at a wedding. You're not an asshole for not wanting to share your history with alcoholism. I would suggest thinking about a way to share your opinion without disclosing it. There's nothing wrong with saying that you think it's unhealthy and you don't want it at your wedding. None the wiser says not the a-hole. That's a pretty safe assumption why someone doesn't want alcohol at their wedding. They don't need a reason. They can easily assume it's finances or someone in recovery. Could literally be a relative and anyone who thinks weddings are for drinking needs to reevaluate their relationship with alcohol. Andrew replies that and says obviously no one should need alcohol at a wedding. That's completely valid. But also being in a situation where you're going to socialize with dozens or more of people you might not know very well, social lubrication is totally a thing and there is a reason why alcohol is a norm at weddings in many cultures. I'm totally in support of OP sobriety and her choice not to have alcohol around on her wedding day. 
I think if OP's cultural norms and the cultural norms of her guests mean that alcohol is generally expected to be provided at a wedding, it's good to give a heads up that it'd be a dry event. But now I'm going to turn this one to you guys. What do you guys make of this situation and what is your opinion? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. But just a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for getting involved in today's stories. Your love, your support, your time always means the absolute world to me. Truly, it's absolutely amazing. And hopefully, we'll see you in the next one. Take care and much love. Yeah, man, I remember being so naive when life was good, weathering palm trees. Back in the day, you were everything I need. But then along came a time when you crushed my dreams. Oh, yeah, you played me like a fool when you made me believe that the line between love wasn't thick enough to read. Oh, yeah, you see, we in despair, crime everywhere. You're selling false hope because you just don't care. Nah, uh, you just don't care. Nah, 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 you just don't, just don't care. Uh, you just. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.